0: So jump with me to Romans chapter 10. If you're there, say yes. Yes. Chapter 10. And uh, tonight I want to share something very, very practical. And that would be most of it a teaching rather than a preaching. We'll start this Sunday and then hopefully we'll finish Some other Sunday. Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of law. For righteousness to everyone. Who believes? For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. And we'll stop there. (coughs) Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are faithful. Holy Spirit, I thank you that where three or three uh, two gather in your name, you're there. And tonight we came here not because we had nothing else to do, but we're here because we are hungry for more of you, and we, we, we want to become more like you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, and everybody said, how many of you remember a story of Elijah? You know, when uh, I was reading this story of Elijah, I realized how similar it is to us. Prophet Elijah, because Israelites were in such a big idolatry, he prays a prayer and there was no rain for three and a half years. A drought season in Israelites now prophet comes back after three and a half years and he comes back with this idea that he will put into test prophets of Baal and he will show who God is He comes to the king and he says, let's gather on the mountain and we will do this test. In other words, he organized this this huge conference where all the Israelites came on the mountain. There was only 400 prophets. 400 prophets. It's more than us here right now. So they have this whole service. I believe you all know this story. They have this powerful service that those prophets try to bring the rain down. They try to bring the, the fire down for the sacrifice. Nothing works. Elijah makes fun of them, laughs at them. Nothing works. And here comes the moment of prophet Elijah. This is the moment when he will show who God is and this is what he does he organizes all the people he gives them a choice that they need to decide who they're going to follow remember this underline that in your Bible a choice he gives them a choice to choose who they will serve who they will serve and after that he begins his Thing. They begin to pour the water on the sacrifice. And then he says, God, I did everything according to your word. Underline that in your Bible too. According to your word. Not what you feel. Not what you're going through. But according to his word. Okay. And the fire of God falls down. Fire of God falls down. He takes those 400 prophets, and he kills them. If you want to come up with a brutal movie, that's it. He takes the sword one by one, kills them all. Heads, blood, just nasty scene. What an ending for the conference. All the enemies were dead. And when I was reading this story, I realized that we live in a time of one of the most famous disease called depression. See, Elijah, after such a powerful victory, such a powerful conference, I think Elijah was there at the conference coming up with this list of those Idols of those uh, prophets. He came up with a list that he has to deal with at the end of the conference. And sometimes we, as a as a people, that come to the conference, that come to G4T, we come up and say, "God, this is, is those prophets; those idols will have to die tonight, and we kill them." And then, interesting thing happens: our expectations. Don't meet our reality. And this is what the prophet does. After this whole scenario. This woman says. If I have to kill Elijah tomorrow. I have to do the same thing. What he's done to my prophets tomorrow. By the end of the day he has to die. And the Bible says that he was Afraid. powerful conference even better ending next day you find Elijah running away hiding hiding laying down in his depression and saying God that's it I'm done I'm done I just want to take me I'm done Um, I'm sick and tired of it trying I'm sick and tired of it, doing it. I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one. And here's the thing. This is what we do. At G4T, we come out to the altar. We say, God, that's it. David comes up with a fast song after we declare it. We jump around. We come home. We wake up in the morning, and it's like our reality. We're like, God. God. That's it. I can't do it. Take me. Rapture. Now. Now. See, oftentimes, the time that we live, what we see on TV, on internet, social media, the people, what they're trying to show us, their living, how they live, how everything is so perfect, but the reality is not so perfect. Life it's not perfect. Life has a bumps. And if you're not ready for those bumps, you will fall constantly in this thing that we call depression. And here's the interesting thing that apostle Paul I promise I'm not going to be long. This is what apostle Paul says. I want to share a couple thoughts before we pray for they being ignorant of god's righteousness see the way we think the righteousness should look like it's different what god sees and god, and apostle paul says they being ignorant to God's righteousness. They're being ignorant to God's righteousness. And this is what leads us after a, a person, or we as a, as, a, as, a, as a youth, if we are being ignorant of God's righteousness, this is where we come into. We began to establish our own righteousness. We began to say, okay, this is my moment. I got to make a commitment. A new year came. I have to do this and I'll do this. And I, I tell myself that I will do it, that I will do it, I will do it. And then the Monday comes and I'm not doing it. Why? Because we don't understand God's righteousness. And because we don't understand God's righteousness, we begin to establish our own righteousness. We begin to have this idea that the more I try, the better I become, the better I become, the the more God will be pleased with me. God is not pleased with you how much you work. He's not pleased with you how much you pray. He's not pleased with you how how loud you pray. He's not pleased with you how high you jump. He's not pleased with you how much you fast. He's not pleased with all of that stuff. Although all those stuff are good. They're good. They build your faith. But it's not what establishes your righteousness. What establishes you, your righteousness is Him. See, every time when a person begins to establish his own righteousness. Second thing that begins to happen with Him. Or with her, he begins to walk in disobedience to the righteousness of God. He begins to live in disobedience. See, Elijah had a powerful conference. Elijah had a powerful ending. Elijah did everything that he was supposed to do. But next day, the reality hits him. And he's disappointed. And at that moment, it was not about his effort at all. See, every time when we are trying to establish our own righteousness, and when reality comes, it hits us. And we begin to feel God, this is it. Why should I even try? How many of you thought that? I guess I'm the only one. But when when you come to that point in your life and you say, God, why should I even try? I've tried it so many times and it doesn't work. Why should I even try? See. Apostle Paul says, verse 4, the ending of the law. It's not your effort, but it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who is the end of the law. And it's a good season in our life when we try to apply our effort in our life. It's a good time when, when you will realize that this is it. It doesn't work. When you begin to realize that you are not capable to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish that's why it says it's Jesus who is the end of the law but the law was never meant for you to be saved you see law is given to us to reveal who we are it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't saves you it reveals who you are and I oftentimes use this example law it's like a mirror that you look at it you look at it but you don't wipe yourself with the mirror you go to the source where you you can use the water and clean yourself but oftentimes we as the Christians the, those who are trying to accomplish or establish the righteousness our own righteousness we take this mirror and we begin to wipe ourselves and it doesn't work see the law it brings us to Jesus himself. It's a good thing when you try and nothing works. Keep on trying. Don't ever quit. Don't, don't ever end up where Elijah ended up. Don't ever say to yourself, what's the point? God, take me. Keep on trying because the end of the law is Jesus. And what I meant, what Apostle Paul meant by that, it's like, when you're trying to, to do something, you're trying to overcome something. And you're trying it by your own strength. And it's, I get it that yes, you do need a revelation. I get this. But you're still going to go through this season of your life where you're going to try your best. And you're going to fail. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you will fail. And it's a normal thing. It's a reality that we all go through. See, the log was given to Israelites, it's like a train. They they had to sit down into this train and they had to ride in it till the end. And the end was Jesus. They were never meant to live in the train. There was something more outside the train. And when I began to live outside the train, I began to do things that the law requires of me to do. See, uh, uh, Moses says, do those things, talking about the law, and you will live. Apostle Paul says, live and you will do it. It's one thing when I try to live by the law. It's another thing when I live in Christ and I'm not under the law. So number one, they establish their own righteousness. If we are ignorant about God's righteousness, can we have a worship team come up please? Number two. They don't submit to the righteousness of God. To live, to live in the righteousness of God, you have to submit yourself to the righteousness of God. See, Apostle Paul says, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures you don't have to open. I'm just I'm just going to read quick before we pray. God has First Corinthians chapter 1. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For your benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from sin. Therefore... As the scriptures says, say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Romans 3. Apostle Paul says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ and this is the truth for everyone who believes no matter who we are. We are made with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ And I'm going to continue the text that we we started Romans 10. For Moses writes that the law Uh, let's do verse 6. But faith way of getting right with God says don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of that to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it's a... The message is very close to hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. interesting that when we try to establish our own righteousness when we are ignorant we begin to establish our own righteousness and when we do that we stop obeying him but apostle Paul says that the salvation, the righteousness, it's so close. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. It says if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you openly declare this with your mouth, when you openly declare this, you will be saved. And let me tell you this, that you're not only, when, when a person is He is walking in peace knowing that he is right with God. He is not under condemnation. He knows that he is right with God. I'm not saying that he knows that he's perfect. We're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about being right with God. And the only way for me to be right with God is because of Him. He says if you're ever going to boast about your, your righteousness, boast about God Himself. See, we're not here to boast how perfect we are. We're here to boast because one time he came down on earth. He died for me. He he was crucified for me. He shed his blood for me. And because of his blood, I am here, righteous, holy, uh, uh, justified, and I have a peace with God. Not because of my own works, but because what he accomplished on the Calvary. And I'm not boasting what I accomplished in my life. I'm boasting because what he did in my life see I believe with all my heart that God is raising up a generation that will not take credit for themselves that they will not take credit for the program that they create but they will come to a point in their life where they say God is because of you we are holy we are righteous we are we are more than a conqueror because of you Jesus you know there's a before we pray I'm going to read last scripture And the reason why I want to read this scripture, it's, and I think Alex mentioned last Sunday, is this. Apostle Paul says to Timothy, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity see in other words Apostle Paul says hey if you if you say if you confess things that you are confessing you must depart there's a there's there's something that we have to do in our heart I'm not saying everything becomes perfect I I just spoke the reality. It's a little bit different than what we imagine. And we have to go through victoriously. See, when when we preach the love of God and we say, no matter what you do, God still loves you. And that's 100% true. But hear me out. I don't want anyone here in this place to hide behind God's love it's when we when we plan something and we say well God still loves me you will still remain in defeat but if in your heart you hate sin you hate things that still have has still dominion over you you hate those things and you fall and you know that he still loves you. You have boldness to come to his throne. You have you have the right to come to his throne. Why? Because he's there to help you. And when you experience his love, you begin to live a life afraid to make him or to hurt him. Why? Because you love him. See, it's different when, when I'm hiding behind his love and I'm saying, well, still loves me i can still do this because he still loves me or i can come to his love and if if something happens i i have the right to come and say father i know you love me i know you died for me i didn't meant to do this but it happened i i ask you holy spirit to give me strength to give me more strength to overcome the things that still has dominion over and trust me god will respond to your prayer God will respond to your prayer. And that's called obedience to God's righteousness. When we walk in obedience of God's righteousness, it's different when we try to establish our own righteousness. And this is in my heart. I want to see each one of you living a victorious life. Not bragging about yourself not bragging about your holiness not bragging about what you can do by your own strength but I want to see a generation that is passionate for God knowing that they're they're in love with God not because not because they're so good but because God came to their to their life and they experienced God's love see when you read Apostle Paul you will always find when he talks about the love of Christ he always prays that we can experience it's not something you know about it. Because when you know about the love of God, you will still compromise, but when you experience the love of God, you will be willing to die for Him. Because Apostle Paul says, We we overcome the things of this world not by. On- I'm gonna actually read this. This is powerful. We can all rise. listen carefully what shall we say about such wonderful things as those if God is for us who can ever be against us since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all would he also give us everything else Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was risen to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or or hungry, or, uh, then what am I, as the scriptures says, for your sake we are killed every day we are being slathered like sheep. No, despite all those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not any the power of hell can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below neither nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord that is revealed in Christ Jesus see you can you can go to Bible school you can finish seminar you can get all the Bible degrees that you can ever uh, accomplish but if you never experienced God's love you will never live for him it's impossible to live for God without experiencing his love. It's impossible to run to his throne every day and ask for mercy when you don't know his love. See when you don't know his love you will always try to accomplish your own righteousness. But when you know his love you know that nothing can separate you. Yes you might you may fail. Yes you may, you, you may accomplish something that you, you didn't want to accomplish but you have the right to run to his throne. Amen.